right, now how many of you have watched the show Shark Tank? All right, raise your hand, all right? It's a good show, I watch it. It's one of my favorites. I love that show, and for those of you who don't know about the television show Shark Tank, it is this show where entrepreneurs stand in front of a panel of experts, of really, 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 really successful and rich investors, uh, people who might want to invest into a new company or an idea, and this panel of these entrepreneurs uh, or of these investors is called the Sharks. They're the Sharks, right? And they're standing there in the shark tank, and these small business owners get a chance to stand in front of these sharks and pitch their idea for the newest and the greatest idea that they have, right? We've, we've seen the show. And now some people, they watch this show, Shark Tank, for the underdog, right? For the person that comes up with the idea and they, they have a successful business, they get invested in, and, and it's a love story, it's a, you know, feel-good story. That's not me, all right? That's not why I watch Shark Tank. I like to watch it because every once in a while, someone will confidently and without sarcasm go marching in in front of all these investors. They'll go marching into the shark tank, and they will pitch the most ridiculous idea imaginable. That's why I watch the show, right? Because hilarity will always ensue, right? And I watch these. They, they, they fall on their face. They... They just get ripped a new one by the sharks. They get torn apart. Now, here's my favorite pitch today. All right? It is my favorite and probably the craziest one. And it went something like this. This is the investor, the, or not the investor, the, the entrepreneur coming into the shark tank. Right? He says, hey, sharks, do you ever get home from a long day at work and all you want to do is unwind by drinking a tall glass of wine but you have no one to enjoy it with. But then you, you look across the room and you see your cat. And then they continue. They say this. And all you can think is, I wish my cat could share a glass of wine with me. Then I wouldn't be alone in this. And they say this. Well, do I have the product for you. Cat wine. All right, cat wine. Now, it was not literal wine. It was some sort of weird liquid made to look like wine that your cats could drink with you. Dumb, all right? <laughs> Dumb, stupid. It was a terrible idea, and so I was getting excited thinking, oh, this guy's going to get ripped apart, right? The sharks are going to rip him to pieces, and that's what they started to do, right? They, they started circling, right? These investors, they started circling, and just... It just happened, though, right before they struck this guy and tore him down to pieces, one of them said, just out of curiosity, how much money in sales has this project made you so far? And this entrepreneur, with a straight look on his face, looked that investor dead in the eyes and said this, year to date, we have $1.4 million in sales. <laughs> what? <laughs> $1.4 million in sales, right? After the sharks and I picked up our jaws off the floor, right, the talk about investing began and they started going back and forth. But all I could think about, all I could process in my mind is how desperately lonely we must be as a country that we need to spend millions of dollars to drink wine with our cats. Now, let me, let me zoom out here just 
just as a side note, right? I should point out this wasn't dog wine because only cat people would do <laughs> such a weird thing. And now, right, this is just an illustration of how lonely we are as a country, right? I, I don't think I need to stand up here and give you statistics about loneliness in our world today. I think if we've all heard that we are the most connected that our our society has ever been, but yet at the same time, we've also been the most disconnected and lonely as a people than we've ever been in the history of the world, right? Loneliness has been called an epidemic by some in our culture, right? Because there have been moments in my life, right? Just, and I know if there's moments in my life where I feel this, that maybe you do as well, where I've been so alone, so weary, so tired, of carrying the burdens of life, right? That, that weather I talked about during communion, that's just good, bad, and the ugly just kind of pounding at us. That all I could do was pray to God to live to see daylight, right? Just to, to see the light of the next day. And loneliness, for me at least, is not just being around people, right? I, I can do that anytime I want. That's easy to do in the DMV, in Northern Virginia, right? I can get that any time. What I'm talking about is loneliness and that pain and that weight and that burden that you have that feels like you're the only one that is carrying whatever burden is on your shoulders, that you may be in a crowded room, but the only thing that's happening is going through your mind is how you're alone. You have no one there with you to support you help you, to break through, to advance, to forge ahead, to carry this burden, right? That, that's where I am, at least. And, and men, I, I think we sometimes suffer from this, the, this feeling more than anyone else, don't we? I think we put the weight of our families and our communities and our, our workplaces on our shoulders, and we think, I can handle this, I got this, but we start to feel like soldiers alone, stranded in a in a way with no one to help us see the enemy or fight uh, alongside of us. And it doesn't happen quickly. It, it really doesn't. Right? We don't wake up one day and, and say, today I'm going to stop uh, talking to my friends and I'm just going to live life alone. You know, one of my, my favorite authors, and we have a couple of his books back there for resources, is, is Stephen Mansfield. And he once said it like this in an actual interview. He put it like this. He said, it tends to happen when a guy or a person gets into his business life, when he marries, when he has children, it starts to isolate him, right? He says all those things are wonderful, but he tends to not have meaningful connections to other men. He, he knows guys maybe uh, from the health club or from work or whatever religious organization he might be a part of, but for the most part, men find themselves, the surveys show this, they find themselves in a sea of Casual relationships. Have you, ever, have you ever felt like that? Right? Like, like you have this burden, you have this weight, this, this chain, uh, this yoke on your shoulders that's weighing you down, this overwhelming responsibility to take care of everyone, and you look around for help in carrying the load, and all you see is a sea of casual relationships. And it leaves you saying this. You're saying, why, God? Why, God, would you make me do this alone? 
Why, God? Why do you make me do this all alone? Why, God, am I alone? Why, God, do I not have anyone standing shoulder to shoulder with me? And that's what I want to unpack today. That's, that's the onion we're going to peel this morning. This, this cry of, why, God? The pain of, of bearing the burdens of life by ourselves in this sea of casual relationships. Right? And this is all over the world, but I think it's highlighted here in the DMV. Right? I, I want us to leave here equipped to face the loneliness, to have someone to fight alongside of us, or to at least know that there's someone willing to stand up in that place for us. Now, before we get into it, all right, before we get there, I want everyone to do me a favor. I need everyone to do me a solid here. This is, there's this saying that Christina and I use a lot. It's called an all-skate, right? This is an all-skate moment, right? Remember when you're at the roller rink when you were a kid? That's not a thing anymore, right? <laughs> right? And they, they play the music, and they're like, it's an all-skate, right? And that, they give you the courage to go grab the girl's hand or whatever. Like, this is an all-skate. We're all participating, all right? This is what we're going to do, all right? I'm going to have uh, Joshua. I don't even think I told him. Um, so he's getting cake. I don't care. Never mind. <laughs> All right. Listen, this is what we're going to do. Even if you brought your own Bible, I want you to reach in the, the seats in front of you and grab one of the Bibles. Please take that Bible out. Now, in the front inside cover, you'll see a little piece of paper. It looks like this. All right. You're going to have to find another because I stole yours. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, so grab one of these, all right? Uh, Kirsten, you may want to get them in the front rows. All right. All right, now before you read it, I want to tell you some important things. You're reading this and you're all freaking out. All right, now please listen. First, first, everyone, wait, one, two, three, eyes up here, right? <laughs> School starts next week. All right. <laughs> what is it? Eyes on me, one, two, three. <laughs> all right. I did it wrong, I'm sorry. All right. Do not write your name on this, all right? That's the first thing. Now, if you wrote your name on it, get a new one, all right? <laughs> Rip it up, throw it away, get a new one, right? I want this to be completely anonymous, all right? Completely anonymous. I, I don't want you to look at these questions and, and then kind of cheat off the person next to you. This is you. It's an all-skate. Don't write your name on it, all right? Now, this is important, all right? Just so everyone is, feels at ease and comfortable here, I want you to put a check mark on each of these squares. When you read this, if this applies to you, I want you to put a check mark. Now, that's not an X, right? That's not a little heart or a smiley face, right? That's weird. Just put a check mark, right? Because that way, when we shuffle them up, like no one can say, all right? Just a check mark, right? The check mark, the regular check mark. Is it on the, that, all right? Put that. Now, if you would answer yes to any of these questions, just put a check mark next to the box in the question. Now, really, truly, everybody go, all right? I, I want you to feel like you can, you can answer honestly and, and anonymously. So if you have to cover it up with, with the Bible, right, use your hand like you were in school, scoot away if you need to, all right? Slide over in a chair, all right? Don't let people cheat off of you. Just take the next 45 seconds here to a minute, put a check mark to the one, that you would answer yes to. All right? I was going to have Joshua play some music. So I'll hum. 
right? That's all I know. All right? All right? I thought my whistling was better. Oh, I just put an X. All right, you get in there. Now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to fold it up. So we can't see. Fold it up. You can fold it up a couple times. All right. Kirsten, she's got buckets. She's going to go around. All right. She's gonna, you're going to throw it in the bucket. Remember, it's anonymous. You don't have your name on it, and we're all just check marks. All right. Ryan, bucket, bucket. All right. Just throw it in the bucket. All right. We're going to pass those around. Put it in the bucket. It can all skate. All right. Now we're gonna dive in, all right? I'll let you finish. All right, there you go. All right, all right. Uh, in the bucket, no peeking. All right, I think a good place to start is usually at the beginning, don't you agree? A good place to start is always at the beginning. So let's take a look at the beginning of our Bibles. In Genesis chapter one, all right, God creates all the world and everything in it. And you can go ahead and turn there. Turn, turn to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 is where we're actually going to read. And listen, if you don't have a Bible, use those Bibles that we just take the, put the papers out of, and you can take those with you. They're free for you to have, to use, to take, uh, to give to someone, to have, to use. All right, so Genesis chapter 2, turn there so you don't take my word for it. Use your Bible, all right? So in Genesis chapter 1, God creates all the world and everything in it. And over and over again, he says what? It's good. He says it's good. All right, the stars in the heavens, good. Right, uh, the, the waters of the ocean, good. Right, the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, good. Because God was a hunter. And then he creates man and woman. And he says what? Very good. And then when, when you turn to chapter 2, and all right, take, remember, if you don't have a Bible, take this with you and read it for yourself. Don't take my word for it. When you turn to chapter 2, we see the first thing that God says is not good. All right, so in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, let's just look at this together. All right, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, simply says this. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now, don't miss this, church, because it is a big deal. The first not good thing was, was not Eve eating the forbidden fruit and bringing sin into the world, right? The first not good thing was not that sin. The first not good thing was loneliness. All right? Everything was good, then loneliness. Right now, God was there. He was with Adam, but God knew how Adam was created. God was the creator, and so he knew that Adam needed both God and other people. Right? There, there's a marital relationship, but there's also a, a community relationship. It's not that God was not good enough to fill that, right? It's just that God created us for both a relationship with him 
in a relationship with others. All right, so, so lean in. Let's get this, right? At our core, when we were created, God, our creator, the, the God that we're forging our lives on here at the Foundry Church, put deep within us a need to connect, to have friends, to have a band of brothers. And we're going to dig into this, all right? Right? We're not made from the, the dust of the earth and pulled up to stand among creation as a very good thing, only to live alone and to be by ourselves. We were made for relationship. So when we, we cry out to God, why would you make me do this alone? Why am I experiencing this alone? Why do I have these burdens alone? God is crying out, I don't want you to do it alone. You dummy? No. He doesn't say that. He says, that's not good. That's not how you were created to get through and to thrive in this life. In the good, in the bad, in the ugly, in the weather that is going to be around you because of this world that you live in. Right? And he points us to a place that he, he built for us to find his, this, this friendship that we're talking about. There's marriage, but then there's also community, this band of brothers the church. Now, some of you, you're rolling your eyes, all right? You're rolling your eyes, and you're thinking, okay, Andrew, you're a preacher. You have to say that. You have to say it. You're a preacher. You get paid to say it, right? But just hear me out, right? Just hear me out just for the next couple of minutes, and then even through the next uh, few weeks while we dig into this series, just hear me out. Just allow yourself to ask this question, right? Could, could the church be the answer to the deep cry of my lonely heart for connection? Instead of yelling, why God? Maybe we just figure out with all these topics that we're going to look at in the next few weeks, but especially today with loneliness, why God is the answer, right? Just try it. Just hear me out, right? Just maybe God's church is what we're all longing for because because listen, and this might be a shock to you, but you don't need to come to church to hear me speak. You don't, right? We have a podcast. You can stream us on live, uh, or on, on, online. I don't know how it works. Mackenzie does. <laughs> you, could, you could listen to far better preachers than me online on YouTube. And you don't need to come to church to hear good music. You have Spotify. You have Apple Music. You have all that stuff at the, in your hands, right? And if somewhere along the way somebody told you that was what church was about, well, they missed the point. They just missed the point. There are two reasons for this community, for this church, right? The first is this, to be a part of a mission that is bigger than myself, all right? It's to be a part of something that is just bigger than what we can do on our own. You can be a part of a mission by yourself, sure, you probably could, but you're not going to get very far. You're just not. Right? If, if you start a mission by yourself, you don't get very far. In fact, most of the time, people will just think you're weird. Right? And, and Christina and I, we have a rule, right? at least in our life, that you can be different, but you can't be weird. Right? We usually say that to our niece. <laughs> or our nephew as he's sticking his nose or something. Right, when you are a part of the church, of God's local church throughout the world, right, you get to be a part of a mission with everyone around you. Listen, right before Jesus, our Lord, God in the flesh, 
left this earth. He gave us a mission. It's our mission. If we call ourselves people who forge a life on God, this is what we're called to. And it comes from Matthew chapter 28. If you want to turn there, you can even circle this and highlight this because this is your mission as someone who follows God. And this is the mission that you can be a part of if you don't yet follow God. Right? Matthew chapter 28, right before he, he leaves, right? He went to the cross. He died. He came out of the grave on Easter Sunday, that first Easter. And he gives us this, this opportunity for a new covenant, this new life. And he gives us this mission in Matthew 28. He says this, and Jesus came and he said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Again, right, a little highlight, a little double tap on community there. He's with us, right, but that's our mission, right, and we'll talk more about this in the coming weeks, but, but there it is laid out for us, a mission to change the world that we can be a part of. Right? And we like to say around here that for us, that's guiding people to forge a lifelong reliance on God. Right? You cannot be successful in such a huge mission by yourself. You can only do it here in the local church. Right? The, the churches around the world proclaiming God, preaching grace and truth, and giving him the adoration and the glory that is rightfully his. Again, because he's in it and through it and, and over it all, right, which, which we're going to dig into in the weeks to come. But this brings us to the second reason to be a part of a church, and it's this. It's to be connected, right? It's to be connected. God built his church to connect his people. He built a place for people to come together and connect and grow and to be on a mission. In fact, the word church, if you go back and look at the history of the word where we get it from, it, it comes from the word koinonia, and that simply means this, a group of people called together for a purpose. So when we say church, we're not talking about a, about a building. That's just, this is just walls, right? The church is us, right? A group of people that are called out for a specific purpose, right? It's a group of people called out on a mission. It is literally a band of brothers stepping into the battlefield to attack life together, right? And look at how it's described. If we turn to the book of Acts, I know we're all over today. If we turn to the book of Acts, this is the history of the very beginning of the church. That's what the book of Acts, it's the acts of the first church, right? It's what we're supposed to look like as God's church. So Acts chapter 2, verse 47 says this, 42 through 47 says this, and they devoted themselves, this, this church, right, this, this group of people called out for a specific purpose, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the word of God, to the fellowship, right, hanging, right, and the breaking of bread and prayers, and all came upon every soul. And it says, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing their proceeds to all as they had need. 
And then it says, day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, food, right? They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved, those who were experiencing breakthrough. They themselves and others that they knew in their community, in their homes, maybe the room across the hall, experiencing breakthrough, being saved from the weight, the burden, the things that are holding them down, Foundry Church. If that is what the church of God is, it's ordinary people devoting themselves to an extraordinary mission and to each other. It is people who would sell their possessions so that their friends from church could eat and and succeed in life and on this mission together. It is a band of brothers that have literally everything in common. And I want to draw your attention to two places in this description because I, I think it will give us a hint kind of a, a, a little look, a hint about how to build our own band of brothers to combat this loneliness. Right In verse 46, it says, And day by day, attending to the temple together, the breaking of bread in their homes. Notice the two locations. What are the two locations? Temple right, and the homes. They gathered at the building, right? Right, the temple, the church building, whatever. They gathered in a bigger place and then in a home. They gathered in the church building. They gathered at one another's homes. They gathered in a big group. They gathered in a small group. They got this idea from Jesus, their Lord and their Savior. They saw him do the same thing. In Luke chapter 6, we can read, again, I'm just going to turn to it for you. But in Luke chapter 6, we simply read, about how Jesus handles this, right? Luke chapter 6, verse 12 through 15 says this. In these days, he went out into the mountain to pray, and all night he continued to pray to God. And when day came, he called his disciples, and he chose from them 12 whom he named apostles. Simon, whom he named Peter, and Andrew, his brother, and James, and John, and Philip, and Bartholomew, Matthew, and Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, who was called the Zealot. And Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Right, so Jesus, he gathered together his group of disciples, and disciple just means uh, a student, right, Uh, uh, a student of his, a pupil of his. So Jesus gathered everyone who was following him together, and we don't know the exact number, but it was a, a big group, hundreds, right, sometimes there were thousands of people following Jesus at a certain time. But he pulled them all together, and from the group, he chose his apostles, like his his squad, like 12 of them, his council, if you will. And I don't know exactly how this went, but I very much picture like like middle school dodgeball, right? That's what I picture, right? They're standing in line. He's the captain of the team. He's picking a team for dodgeball. He's like, I'll take that big guy. I'll take the quick guy. I'll take you. No, not you. Right? I'll take you. Like that sort of thing. That's what I picture. Now, before we think that's harsh, and because you didn't get picked for dodgeball, Jesus picked based on another criteria. Right? He just does. Right? And he was picking the people that would, would use this method that he's going to be looking at and studying and is going to be like, hey, this combats loneliness. He's picking people who would use this method to build his church. 
group of people called out for a specific task, for a purpose, for a mission that is bigger than any one of us. Right? So, so Jesus, he picked on a different criteria, and it worked because that is how we see the early church has taken off. Flourishing and growing. People growing together as they grow in relationship with God and as they forge ahead on this mission. Right? They had this. They had this big circle. Right? Take, take a look at this. Right? They had this. It's this big circle. The disciples of Jesus, their temple uh, for the early church, right? They, they came together. They were the church. They made a difference in their area, right? People were being saved, right? And these are the people that you know of, people that you're aligned with and support you. And then they go a little bit deeper when we look at this, right? right? Remember the home, right? There's a little bit of a smaller circle, like a council almost, right? A little bit of a, a smaller circle. These are the people that will pray with you. They'll live life with you. They, they, they'll let you in your home and let you eat with you. And if you're like me, right, you're not embarrassed because, because you stain all your undershirts so your wife makes you take off your overshirt so you don't drop food, right? They're okay with that, right? right? These are the people that are willing to step up to the table with you and do some hard things to have difficult conversations to spur you on, to help you. This is your counsel. And then Jesus, he takes it even, uh, uh, this group a step further. He divides it even further. If we look at the story of Jesus healing a man named uh, Jairus' daughter in Mark chapter 5, right, if we look at this story, he takes it even further. Right? They, they're at this man's house, Jairus' home. His daughter is laying actually dead in a room. And Jesus stops at the door, looks back at his apostles, those 12, his counsel, and he says this in, in, in Mark chapter 5, verse 37. He, he says this. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of Jesus. Right? So, so now we're starting to see Jesus take this even a little bit deeper. Right? Jesus picks just three to witness this amazing miracle. And he does this a few other times throughout his ministry on earth. Right? He he pulls three from his council, and it will say uh, that he can only do this with three, with the three of his closest buds, and, in, and this is the smallest circle, right? It's like a squad, right? These are the people who would, who would do more than just sell their possessions for you. They are the people who would say, hey, you don't have any money to, to eat or to a roof over your head. Uh, come live at my house. That's those people. They're, they're not just willing to give up a few dollars for you. They're, they're willing to sacrifice them for you. They're willing to do the hard things for you. They, they are your squad. Right? It's a military term, and it's the, the smallest unit of soldiers in the army, I think. Right? You guys can correct me later. It is, is the guy who stands shoulder to shoulder with you in the foxhole and says, I will fight with you no matter what. Right? These are the people that you call at 2 in the morning, and you're out of town, but your wife is having a problem. So this is the person you call to go help your family. Right? These are the people that, that take care of your children if you go out and get hit by a bus. Right? But it's also the guy who says, hey, you checked out that waitress's backside a little bit too much at lunch. Let's get better. Let's do this together. Right, these are the people who know you, not just know you, 
know you. Right? And they say, you know what? I've been there. Me too. I've been there. Let's get better together. And I love these circles, these three circles, all these levels, because it wasn't just Jesus who used this method. And it wasn't just the early church, but there have been, been scientific studies on how we make friends as a people. An Oxford study came up with this, they, the, and guess what it showed about how we, we make friendships, how we combat loneliness. It showed three circles. There's this huge initiative, this huge study, talked about three levels, three circles that are all equally important. Not that they call them different names because they're not as cool as us, but that's what they were. I love it when God and science, when they align, it's almost like he created science. And after, after the Oxford did their study, there was another one that came out in Kansas, at the University of Kansas. And they just wanted to find out how long does it take to move from, from one circle to the next, right? Because that is why we're here, right? Lonely. Again, our, our society, it's the most, the most we've ever been connected as a society, but yet it's the loneliness as a people we've, we've been, right? We're lonely. We, we, need, we need someone next to us. And so they did this study about how long does this take to, to make these circles, to move from one circle to the next, right? We're, we're good at the temple for the most part, right? The, the church, the large group. Okay, maybe, maybe we can... We can you think I could step into a small group when we launch those again? Right? We're on a little break right now when we launch some Bible studies in the fall. Right? I, I can do that for, for eight, ten weeks, right? I can step into a small group. I can, I can come to the Iron Council when we have those or the women's, the women's Bible studies when we have those. I can, do, I can step up to the table when we have a meal after church. I can stay and, and get to know just a little bit smaller group of people who I may not know, Right? We can do those things, but, but how do I get to that last stage? How do I build my squad? And this guy from Kansas, this study, his, the, the lead scientist was named Jeffrey Hall. He found that three, uh, that they're in a direct correlation between time spent in and the depth of relationships uh, achieved. Do we have the, the picture of this? All right, so, so church is like 50 hours. Well, what? Like we have 52 weeks in a year. So that works, right? 50 hours. Council, that's like 90 hours, right? It doesn't mean it has to be like every single week. That's like time in, right? Like we're talking later about our men's retreat. Some of you guys have those flyers, right? That is time in, right? We got to drive there. We're going to camp. We're going we're gonna to do these things, right? Squad, about 200 hours, right? So, so if you want someone in the church, in your community, in the, the, the disciples column, you have to spend about 50 hours with them, right? That's coming to church. You know, it's interesting. Uh, why do we want you here each week? Because right? we need to be together. We, we need to look at God's word together. Right? We need to do what it says and sing, sing praises to our God together. Take communion together. Right? That's it. But if we really want to go further, if we just want to kind of get rid of these casual relationships and go a little bit deeper, if we want to, we want to be a church that is deeper, well, that's going to take about 90 hours. Right? And then for some, to be in your squad, that takes 200 hours. Now, before you freak out, right, I'm going to say that the answer to all of your loneliness problems is not to spend 200 hours with some random guy sitting next to you. Right? That's, 
right? Weird, right? I get it. I don't want to do that. Right? I, I, I'm not saying that. Here's what I'm saying. Take the next step. Take the next step, right? Don't wimp out. Don't make an excuse. Be a little vulnerable. And I'm a type A kind of guy. I think I got it all. I can do it all. I can handle it all. Just gonna be honest. Yeah. I gotta take the next step. And that's uncomfortable. It's hard, right? Right, you're feeling lonely, and you think, you know what? I, I, I don't even have the first level. I don't have a church. I don't have a community. I got nothing. We'll take the next step. Be here next week. Right? I, I promise someone will talk to you. Someone will love on you. Someone will eventually step up to the table and say, hey, you know what? Me too. I've been there. This is how I got through. This is how I dealt with. Let's pray about that. Right? Then come again after that week. You know what? I, I bet someone else talked to you. And slowly, a little by little, hour by hour, you'll have a church. You'll have a community. You'll have people in your cor- corner who are rooting for you, who are helping you forge ahead. Or maybe you've been coming to the foundry for a while, but you haven't taken that next step. You haven't joined a small group when we do small groups or, or been to one of the councils with the, the iron council with the men or, or whatever the women call themselves. Rekindle. <laughs> Listen, we have a women's retreat coming up, right? We have a women's retreat coming up in September. We have small groups kicking off towards the end of September. We have we have them for middle schoolers. We have them for high schoolers. We have them for kids, right? They're downstairs right now in their small groups, right? We have a, a men's retreat that's coming up. I have flower or flyers. Not flowers, that would be weird. <laughs> Flyers out here, right? We're going to do this. And while you're in those places, you'll find someone in those environments. You'll find someone, a couple of people that you really, really get along with. Listen, I, I'm not stupid. I, you're not going to like everyone, just everyone in our world, right? Right? Every every small group has that one person, that, you know, right? Right? You glad you only got to see them once a week? <laughs> and if you're thinking about your small groups that you've had in the past and you can't think of that person, yeah. <laughs> you're that person, right? Now listen, I'm not saying that you have to pick, pick that guy to be like your best bud. That's what is beautiful about the church, unity and diversity. Right? We can all step up to the table. We can all help each other. Right? But what I'm saying is that we can go to the people who, who just kind of work with us and, and are willing to sacrifice with us so that we can be better husbands and mothers and parents and neighbors and, and be better hands and the feet of Jesus in our world. They're going to help you handle your stuff. They're going to help you carry the load of your life with you. They're going to be your band of brothers. Listen, right? I don't think there's a single person in here who thinks they're perfect. Hope not, right? I mean, no one's perfect. I think we all have stuff going on that we we don't love about our life. Maybe even stuff that we're ashamed of. 
And here is what is the biggest lie I think Satan has told us. It's this. You're the only one going through that. You're the only one that's dealing with that. You're never going to get better. You're never going to forge ahead. You're never going to have a deeper relationship with anyone. And that's where your squad comes in. And you start here together as a church. But that's where we come in, where we're, we're, we're willing to put in the time to take that first step, right? Where someone stands beside you in the foxhole, shoulder to shoulder, and, and says, I'm with you. You're struggling, I got you. You're tired, I got you. You're burdened, let me carry the load. You're alone, not anymore. Now, as the, the band comes back up here, I, I'm going to have our... Our host, some of our hospitality team carry the, the bucket uh, back around, and they mix them. They mix them really well, all right? And again, right, we didn't write our names on them, and we all put a check mark. So just grab one sheet of paper, all right? Just grab one sheet of paper, and as the band's getting set, I just want everyone to grab one sheet of paper. It's not going to be your paper, right? Does that make sense? All right, we, we mixed them. All right, we shuffled them. They were back there doing like the hula dance with them, pouring them from bucket to bucket. All right, they, they mixed those papers up. Now, they weren't looking, I promise, but they were mixing them up. So grab one. So each person should get a new sheet of paper, and it won't be your own. And as the band plays here in just a second, I want to show you why you can trust this church to have your back. Okay? Why, why you can trust these people that are around you, and you may not even know them, and you might say, that guy looks a little weird. Why they can have your back, right? And as the band plays, I'm going to show you that, right? As I read each question in the sheet, right, if, if your hand has a, if, if your hand down, if the piece of paper has a check mark next to it, I just want you, I just want you to stand, right? Remember, it's not yours, right? You don't need to be embarrassed. You don't need to be, but someone, someone in that category marked that. So if that's you, if, if it's on your sheet, just stand as we read that. Do you struggle with depression, fear, or anxiety? Does anyone have that on their sheet? down. Have you ever thought about or attempted suicide? Not alone. Go ahead and sit down. Have you ever had a sexual relationship with someone that you're not currently married to? been physically abused or physically abusive? Not alone. Go ahead and sit down. Have you been uh, addicted to something? Not alone, guys. Go ahead and sit down. Do you take medication for mental or psychological struggles? 
Tuesday night. Not alone. Are you ashamed of your sex life? Have you ever struggled to believe that God loves you or likes you or wants the best for you? And listen, real quick. Whoever marked that, he's not afraid of any doubt. He just says, take the next step and I'll show you. Do you have any secrets? one Google thing in our area. The zip codes that make up from West Springfield, Burke, to Fairfax. Loneliness. Right? God built this place that we would know that we are not alone and that there is in this place other broken people, just ordinary people who have weathered all around us. Burdens, chains, things all around us. But we're in a place if we're just willing to take one step, one hour. Take that next step. We can we can find a squad here. Each other. A band of brothers who have gone through what we are going through that and know someone who's going through what we've gone through who can help us and that squad will fight alongside you they will bear the burden with you they will be in your corner that is what this place is a place where broken people go out on a mission a mission that is bigger than any one of ourselves for a gracious God together grace and We may have abundant life. Now, that's not the easiest of life. Obviously. A lot of things there that we just said for. But it's a life in community together and with God with us. Let's stand and let's worship one more time. Our God. Let's pour that we pour that.